0: Welcome. Legally Brief presents Changing Our Institutions. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer who works with private and public companies, educational institutions, and sports organizations to identify root causes, confront historic failures, and boldly implement change to our institutions. This podcast is for corporate change agents, disruptors, and mindset mavericks who are committed to making our institutions work better for themselves and the next generation. I wanna remind you that while I hope you enjoy every episode in the series that we're doing on changing our institutions, the content of this programming is not a substitute for speaking directly with an attorney who understands your unique circumstances. If you're looking for past episodes or information, please head on over to my website. There you'll find information and you can sign up for newsletters and you can learn more about me and my practice. I'm glad you're here. Let's get ready and let's talk and make some changes. Hello, and welcome back to another episode, the final episode of 2021. Guys, I'm so excited. I wanted to do something fun, get away from kind of the heavier topics that we deal with all year long, deconstructing, looking at, investigating our systems, our patterns, and speaking to trauma and abuse, the results of broken systems. So for the last episode of the year, let's talk about holiday traditions, love it or hate it, recoil from it, run to it holiday season. Means so many things to so many different people. And if you're listening to this episode, I really want you to share what are your holiday traditions, either that you hated or that you loved, that you've carried on in your own families. If you go to my Facebook page, just leave a short one liner. Share that with me. That would be your gift to me. I prepare these episodes all year long. I write them out. I think about them. I'm always on the lookout for topics. I'm thinking about them. And so let's do our own gift exchange here. Leave me a comment. That'll be my gift to you. And this last episode for 2021 is my gift to you. So Let's get on with it. Holiday traditions. I'll start. I'm the first to go. My hand is raised. Pick me. So, holiday tradition growing up in my house, my parents, Emmanuel and Ethel Saunders, it was a real, (laughs) I think, quiet tension. My parents coming from the Caribbean, you know, not having a lot of money. Everything, anything that had any abundance or extra was. You know, part of the church. You would go to church. Everything would be centered around church and the religion that I was raised in, a seven-day Adventist religion. So there wasn't a big, there wasn't Santa. There wasn't discussions about that. There wasn't a big deal on gift exchange. I remember in my house, we had one of those fake trees. So in the seventies and eighties, and you remember on the edge of the little branch that you would stick into the wooden pole, there would have a color and you'd have to match the color. And so every year, my parents would pull out this tree and it would seem like such a burden they were half doing it you know when we were little they would do it but as we got older you can tell it was kind of like you kids want the tree up you better put it up but I remember that tree and then they would put, <laughs> they would put the gold you know uh, garnish or garland rather around it and it was it was my parents best attempt to try to give their children, a little touch of the American Christmas. But what I really remember, so the tree, uh, you know, I, I love them, but, you know, it was a sad tree. The tree, not so much. Parents did what they could to get us presents. They were both teachers going to school. My dad early on was, mother and father were early on finishing up their education at Howard University. So there was not, like so many of us, not a lot of money to go around. And, but what I do remember, what we did have to go around is my dad And I don't care for any Trini that's out there listening. My dad made the best roadie in the world, hands down. Ask anyone. And that's what I remember about the holidays. I remember my father standing in the kitchen and he had a large... I don't even know where he got it from. He got it from some Caribbean store or either brought it over in his suitcase from the island. But it was this large flat pan. And that's where he would, he had fashioned this tool. He couldn't find the tool that he wanted. So he had taken a carrot peeler, wrapped around it, Cloth, and he was also a tailor, and made this this whole setup where he would be able to put the oil on the pan, and then he would roll out his roadie skins, which he had put the split peas in it. He had used a coffee grinder to get the peas to the exact consistency that he wanted it, and then it was a all day process, and he was rolling out and making. and I, I, I'm telling you, I can I can do a little bit of it. I, I've seen him do it, and I actually I actually had enough foresight to actually videotape my father in this step. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll release that or even do a link to that in these show notes. So you can see as he was affectionately called Manny, but that's the traditions I remember. And I remember my mother in the kitchen and she's, you know, doing the, sometimes she would do either the, the filling, the curry fillings that would go inside of it, or either she's making pies or just, you know, all of the other fixes. So our gift The gift that we would get at Christmas and our tradition was the food. The other tradition, a portion of my life is I've told you before was growing up in Alabama and in particular on and near the campus of what is now Oakwood University. And that is a historically black college in Northern Alabama. My father was a professor there in the history department. And I recall that every Christmas, every holidays, if you did not have a place to stay, either because you couldn't get home to, if you lived somewhere in the States, or if you were a foreign student visiting, if you were from Africa, anywhere jamaica the caribbean if you didn't have a place to stay you were coming to dr saunders house So around my table at Christmas, it was filled with students, filled with familiar strangers that quickly became friends. And my father had, my mother and father had an open door policy. So that's, that's what the holidays mean to me. It means roti, curry, rice and peas, and it means an open door, people coming in. There's no invite. There's no running out of food. We never ran out of food. That's the tradition that gets me excited. It's that community. It's that family. Family and my dad making sure that there wasn't a student. If he knew about it, you were not going to be sitting alone in a dorm room, not if my parents knew about that. Some of the other traditions that I know are being celebrated. From the Caribbean, maybe you're from England, you've heard of Boxing Day. Boxing Day, let me tell you a little bit about this. And my parents really didn't celebrate this, but it is celebrated in the island that they're from Trinidad and Tobago. Boxing Day, it's alleged to have, and I'm getting this from the BBC website, Boxing Day got its name from Queen Victoria in the 1800s. And it actually has zero to do with the athletic sport of boxing, but the name came from a time when rich individuals. They would box up gifts and give it to the poor. It was, Boxing Day was a day off for servants, and I no doubt slaves that were owned by the British Empire, but was a day off. And on that day, you would receive a special Christmas gift from your slave owner or from your master. And the servants would go home on Boxing Day and give these gift boxes, these Christmas boxes, to their family. It's also, Boxing Day was also known in the church at the time, in the church that was in England. And at that point, what the church would do is that they would take money throughout the year from the churchgoers and they would have a collection and they would hand out portions of that money on Christmas. And it said that some of that money or that collection was stored in a box and thus you get that popular name of Boxing Day on December 26th, many African-American families will celebrate Kwanzaa. There may be other individuals, too. You don't have to just be African-American. But Kwanzaa begins on the day after Christmas. It lasts for seven days. It was established as a means to help African-Americans reconnect with their history in Africa, their culture, and their heritage. Here are some facts about Kwanzaa. And it, I'm getting this from PBS. Kwanzaa was started almost 50 years ago, a little over 50 years ago. And it was started by a man named Dr. Karenga in 1966, and the intent was to celebrate family, heritage. It's established on seven principles, and those each night you would celebrate one of those principles, and they would correspond with the lighting of the candle. Some of the principles, unity, unity based on the fact that Africa has over 2,000 languages that are spoken there. One of those languages is Swahili, and it's spoken by millions of Africans. And that's actually where the name Kwanzaa comes from. It comes from that or uh, iteration of a word or phrase meaning first fruits. Also celebrated in Kwanzaa is the colors red, black and green, which is a reflection of Pan-African, the movement, the unity of people. All over the world, Black individuals coming together, red representing the noble blood that unites us all and green for the richness, the resources in the land of Africa. Overall, the universal message is is that Kwanzaa is rooted in African culture, and it's bringing together, it's supposed to be a celebration that no matter where you are of of African descent, whether you're in the Caribbean, it's celebrated there, whether you're in the United States, whether you're in South America, Brazil, on the continent itself of Africa, it's a coming together that we have a shared ancestry, shared celebration, and a beauty in all that we are, and that's what Kwanzaa celebrates. And I will have to say that I will be adding Kwanzaa to some of my family traditions that I share with my family. Maybe you celebrated this year already Hanukkah. And I've growing, I grew up, we all get older. I, w- I came to New York City as an adult, but we're all growing and evolving. So I'll say that growing up part of my life and learning more in New York, I became more familiar with this celebration, this tradition of Hanukkah. And this year it started on the, it changes. So this year, I believe it started on the 28th. Of November, and it ran through December 6th. I hope I'm getting that right. And it's a Jewish holiday that lasts for eight nights. Many people don't realize that the wonderful, rich history that's a part of Hanukkah and it follows the Hebrew calendar, falling in December or November. It's also known as the Festival of Lights. Some people call it the Feast of Dedication, and it celebrates rededication of the Holy temple in Jerusalem. It goes back to also the history of the Syrian and Greek armies and a revolt that took place. The holiday represents the eight nights and days during this rededication of that temple. Some of the traditions you'll see, so in many of the public spaces, so say if you go to your city hall or if you're in a town, your town center, you'll see that they have the lights, which we call a menorah, and each night they'll light one of those candles. And on the successive nights, you'll see a candle lit. Aside from the lighting of the menorah, you will also celebrate the opening of gifts and the exchange of gifts. So it sounds like it's a wonderful holiday. You're remembering, if you're Jewish, you're remembering your heritage. You're also giving gifts, which is very much a part of the holiday seasons. Well, part of it's giving gifts, but then part of it is generosity and being thankful for just being around the people that make you happy. And that's what this holiday celebrates. I pulled up some fun traditions and weird, and I know that over time things get changed and you don't even know why you're celebrating what you're celebrating. But one tradition that I was actually introduced by my um, husband's mother, who has a German background, is the hanging of the Christmas pickle. And she has a beautiful, I think it's green, that Carol would hang on the Christmas tree. So the boys are now introduced to that. But it's decorating your tree with pickles. And it's a popular old world German tradition. I won't even try to say the German word that it is coming from because I will massacre that word. But the tradition is rather that you hang this pickle, you hang it on your tree on Christmas Eve. would find it and they would get a gift and be able to open the first present. So that's something that came to me that. I don't have pickle on my tree, but when we go over to my mother-in-law's house, we definitely know about that tradition. It's said to even to date back to the Civil War. So it's a longstanding tradition that if you're a German or German ancestry, andres- read about it. And it's a fun thing to do. Something that <laughs> I didn't even know about. This just tells you how clued out I am. I found out about Elf on the Shelf. I had kids by the time, and I still, I honestly, look, I really didn't know what it was. It wasn't something that was celebrated or done in my house. But if you're here and in America, it's apparently a very popular tradition. It was started in Georgia and Elf on the Shelf. Oh, good. It's a young tradition and it's celebrated in not all, but many American homes. Here's the premise. So Santa has these elves and in order to make the children in the home behave or act right, each night the someone moves the elf and the kids are and they're saying that, look, you know, the elf is watching you and, you know, it keeps your kids on their toes and helps them act right. You can buy this elf on the shelf kit anywhere And it sounds to me to be a very coercive means to uh, to uh, get your children to be, you know, to act the way you want them to or that. Look, that's not something I do. But if you do it, it sounds like it's something fun. But that's something also that is celebrated on. In Easter. So here's something else. And the last one that I'll talk about apparently, so I learned about this tradition, this holiday tradition, on a website talking about wonderful Christmas traditions. And it's eating Kentucky fried chicken. And now, this, the origins of this is in Japan. And it states that 3.6 million Japanese families treat themselves to a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken on Christmas. So it stems back to in 1974 when KFC opened up their chain in Japan and they unveiled Kentucky for Christmas. It was a marketing campaign there in Japan. And it went on to spread the idea that at Christmas, you should share, you should go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, get a bucket of chicken and start this, you know, this would be your way of celebrating the holiday season. So look, there are all types of ways to celebrate the holiday season. goes to the idea that this should be a fun time, a celebration, a time of inclusion, you know, shun someone because of the way they celebrate their holiday or what they did. It's. I think that it's a great time. I'm, I love history. I think it's a great time to investigate why you're celebrating a certain holiday. Maybe you'll find out some dark parts about it, or maybe you'll find out something interesting that you didn't know. But you know, this is celebration. So I wanted to bring this fun episode. Do not forget to leave for me how you celebrate the holidays and what are some of your traditions. Go on to uh, my Facebook page, even send me a quick email Judy, J U D I E, at J Saunders Law Firm. Dot com. Maybe I'll do a quick Facebook live before we dig into our holiday meal and share some of those holiday traditions. It was great talking to you this last episode before the new year. I want everyone to be well, be safe and come back for our next conversation, our next show in 2022. Until next time, be well. All information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.